0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapessi, and I'm alongside my good friend, my good buddy, my good pal, the Father of the Year, <laughs> Paul Giliari. There that, he is.
1: That that's quite a moniker you just added onto my uh, my laundry you list. Know,
0: I always like to joke that you're the ultimate family man. In in, in the homage <laughs> of vacation, you're the last true family man. <laughs> We have a very fun episode today. Uh, We've done this a few times before. Every every uh, like almost like like twice a quarter, once or twice a quarter we do this. It's a retracking. We're going to be retracking Riot Act today, gang. But before we get into that, uh, I would implore you to get on your device and uh, hop on the old podcast app that you use. Give us a subscribe, a rate, a review. Remember, we will read those reviews on this show. Yes, we will. Uh, especially if they're negative.
1: Well, look what we're about to do here tonight. I'd like to think that, that there's going to be some type of blowback Jason, <laughs> because well, the, the chances that those listening are going to agree with us, hook, line and sinker all the way through are very, very slim. So,
0: Oh, I intend to really stoke the fire. My yeah. Oh, I'm gonna stoke so many fires! I'm gonna stoke so many fires. They're gonna call me uh, the guy who stokes a lot of fires. Yeah, that
1: that was terrible.
0: And whoever wrote that <laughs> title should get fired. Uh, you'll forgive me if I'm a little uh, mindless today. I have been awake for many, many hours. You have just come back from a trip as well. So we are, we are, we are fighting through, gang. We are battling our tired brains to give you what you crave, and that is whatever the hell we think the albums should be ordered. So here we go. We're going to
1: retrack riot act.
0: There we go. That's what we're talking about. Paul, you want to lead it off?
1: I would love to lead it off.
0: All right. Give me, give me what you got. Oh, 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 by the way, by the way, uh, obviously we should include the, the songs that are available. Um, anything from that era. So obviously of the entire full album. And of course, as we both know, as you all know, Uh, Ryan Act Era had many uh, a Mm B-side, including Down, Other Side, Undone, Last Soldier. So there's plenty of things in the mix there to add, if you so like. And you can also, of course, subtract from the album. It was 15 tracks, so a bit long in the tooth. Maybe it's a good thing. I think it's still shorter than uh, Gigaton, though. Anyways, Paul, hit me with your best shot.
1: I had a lot of trouble with this. I I must have gone through this exercise half a dozen times. I ended up with half a dozen different results. Didn't love any of them. Although, admittedly, I liked all of them more than the current tracking of the album. And, and that's no Ooh. disrespect to Pearl Jam. Um, they, they typically do what I would say is a fairly masterful job of ordering tracks in order to, to weave a yarn, as you like to say. But mm-hmm. thematically and musically, it, it, this was a challenge for me. There, there were a few narratives that I really, really fell in love with. But musically, when I listened to the songs in that order, I just did not like the transitions. I didn't like the musical cohesiveness or the lack thereof. So I had to go back to the drawing board. And sometimes musically, they just, sonically, it was just fantastic. I love the flow. Mm-hmm. But there was no real thematic or you know, narrative being built in a way that, that felt like you could actually access something. It was just you kind think, of like before paint you get splattered it, on the wall.
0: Do you think that, so okay, paint splattered on the wall, before you get into into your retracking, what do you think they were trying to do with this sequence? Well,
1: <clears throat> they're on record as saying that love was a, a big theme of the album. And so was loss and the struggle to make a difference in the wake of, of 9-11 and what happened at Ross Guild. And so I think that it's just an album about struggling with those emotions and these circumstances that call into question yourself, those you know, the world around you, and quite frankly, on on a much deeper level, existence itself. And I think all those questions kind of get posed and the accompanying emotions go with it. So in theory, you could have a paint-against-the-wall approach to this album and just order the tracks musically in a way that makes it sound best. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be a bit more ambitious with this, and so I, I hung with the, the theme a little bit more, or the themes, I should say, rather than just going with the, the sonic approach. Sorry, my The excess sound you're hearing right now is my sound booth literally falling apart right now. I, I have uh, soundproof boards falling on me right now. As I piece these things, I have to apply some new adhesive. Apologies to our loyal listeners. Okay, back to the drawing board. So I'm going to begin this album with ARC.
0: I'm very intrigued. Go on. Okay,
1: so I'm going to begin this album with ARC, number one, because no Pearl Jam album has ever started with something, anything like this before. Um, it was very arresting to me when I first heard it. And I thought that it was such an interesting emotive way to introduce the album without using any words. It just the expression of angst, frustration, loss, love, all these things are present in that vocal delivery. And I love the idea of just bringing the listener into this album you don't know where to go next you know what i mean as a listener you hear this and i feel like what happened at ross Guild was very much an impetus for what this album ultimately became and so just coming in to the album with that emotive delivery to me was the perfect segue into everything that this album is poised to explore so i would start with arc you want me to go through the whole thing Oh yeah, baby. okay. So from there, I would move into Crop Duster, uh, which mm. I think is this. This it's one of my favorite songs on the album. I love the existential questioning. You know, this this concept of existence being so uncertain, especially in the wake of what happened at Roskilde as a band, what they experienced, and then just kind of re-examining everything that they do and everything that they offer, and what is their place in this world that they they have built and then the greater world in which they exist Uh, but on a more personal level for the listener just that you know the arc could be this emotive expression of whatever you're dealing with and then it's this questioning of existence thereafter from there i would go to you are which i think both musically and thematically is a perfect uh, transition Uh, you know love is that that oasis that sanctuary right And, and, and ultimately that's kind of what provides the listener with a a direction i've emerged out of this i have got nothing but questions but love is that beacon and i'm following that light from there i would move into love boat captain all you need is love which i think is a perfect resolution to what arc begins the album with and i know that sounds strange to say well why are we resolving an album four songs in (laughs) Uh, we're not we're we're resolving one aspect of the album and uh, I I see this album designed in movements or if you want to look at it from a cinematic perspective in terms of acts from here I would then blossom with a a moment of positivity with a song like down this is a a moment of redemption I think it's a a perfect um, blossoming of emotion Coming out of a song like "Love Boat Captain," it's one of the more upbeat songs from yeah. this recording session. So here we've kind of reached what I would call a a false sense of um, closure, a false sense of redemption. You you've come out of this struggle, and you feel like you've emerged. I don't want to say victorious, but with clarity and the the with with yourself intact, uh, and then as life is wont to do, uh, you find that not all of those that you love were able to emerge quite as unscathed. And so a song like Save You, right after Down, I think is, is, is a perfect accompaniment. Mm. You know, not everyone can receive love, you know, uh, this is great, love bow captain, love is a sanctuary that you get when you are, uh, this moment of redemption with, with Down, but not everyone can receive that as readily and ably as perhaps you can. And so you have to struggle with someone potentially dragging you right back into the muck again. And that's what I liked about Save You here towards the middle of the album. And then there, there's that, again, questioning of existence. And so Undone would be the perfect song for me after Save You. You can't lose yourself in that fight, too. And right. so it's, it's this, this tug of war that's really happening here. Then we get Can't Keep which is this realization that you have to be able to move on, which I think is difficult. And that's the struggle of save you. But I like can't keep as kind of that, that resolution. So here, this is the end of act two. And it's once again, a a false moment of victory.
0: You are very much a cinematic kind of person. So I'm like what you're putting down here. Cool.
1: So uh, then we have this, this moment of self actualization, right? So can't keep moving on necessary, and that leads us into I am mine, which feels like the ultimate closing track to this journey. And yet again, we're still in the middle here. After I am mine, this, this realization that the only thing you can control is you, right? I am mine, I know that I was born and I know that I will die, but the in-between is mine. And there's this sense that you, you have a grip on, on it all. Unfortunately, no matter how strong that grip is on your sense of self, a song like Green Disease is is a perfect bookend to this because it's a song about what I think is a sudden feeling of alienation that creeps in. And this song is very much the source of that. You may be yours, but will the world swallow you up anyway? And you watch as things like 9-11 and our Mm. government's response to all that at the time. Suddenly, you feel like this sense of zen, you know what I mean, is crumbling. And and you're trying to make sense of what's happening to the world around you. Just when you finally made sense of what was happening within yourself. So the tug of war begins anew. And then we have our our descent into darkness here (laughs) with a song like Ghost, followed by Help Help and then Half Full. And it's really Mm -hmm. just, you're, you're, you're getting consumed by the state of affairs around you. And you're really starting to come apart at the seams. And then I would finish the album with Thumbing My Way, followed by All or None. So sadly, the album ends on a downer. And it, it, it is kind of this <laughs> gradual tug of war that ultimately ends in a very quick descent uh, in that final act. And so it, it's an album of tragedy. And uh, rather than the back and forth tug of war that ends with anything else, I, I felt like that given the types of songs that were written during this recording session, there weren't enough songs. I mean, unless you want to end it with better days, you know what <laughs> <But laughs> no, I mean? But for me, am. You'll notice I left off Bushliguer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt that was too on the nose of a song. Um, I, I think Green Disease and Ghost and Help Help articulate all of that perfectly fine for me. I don't, I don't need a song like Bushliguer that just really hits me over the head with a hammer about it. Uh, and I left off Get Right, which uh, while, while I do think is fun, I, I, I would love it as a B-side. Um, it just, both musically and... Lyrically, it's hard to find a place to fit it. I suppose I could put it if I was to keep the song, I would probably put it right before I Am Mine. Um, but it, it just doesn't jive with the journey of Save You and Undone. So it, it to yeah. me, it just it, it was hard to play. So I, I pulled off Get Right, I pulled off Bush Leaguer, I left off Soldier of Love. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 skipped one.
0: Uh, Oh, you, you pulled a me from last time.
1: I know. I know. So I, I'm, I'm you a, skip? so I had green disease, then ghost help, help. I had half fool, uh, and then Thummy my way mm-hmm. and I actually threw in the other side. Uh, I, I added that one in here
0: after thumbing my way,
1: after thumbing my way. Oh, so why'd you do that? I, I just liked this, this, Descent into darkness, and I thought so. The
0: whole end, the whole back third, the whole third act is just a just a dive bomb into negativity. Exactly,
1: that that's basically what it is. It's a real
0: uh, empire strikes back. It is.
1: It's this tug of war and these false senses of victories and or false sense of victory, I should say. And then it it just you, you lose, unfortunately, and 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 it's an album about loss and. And it's very, um, it's it's not like Pearl Jam to write an album that features no sense of redemption. You know what I mean? To just write another yeah. tragedy. So I, but at the same time, I, I liked this idea of of opening with these questions and this battle, and then ultimately falling short. And uh, and a song like All or None, um, it, it really does kind of pose a question to the listener. You know. All or none, and
0: uh, I think it's in a similar way to indifference. Actually, it it very much is. You know, to me, it
1: was this album's indifference. That's a great call, and it it, it was a dark turn for me with with with, (laughs) with the album. But uh, it
0: was the it it is the darkest Pearl Jam album. So it's like you you kind of I always use this phrase: if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, right? right? So if you're going to go for a direction, really go for it. And so I feel like what you've done is you've taken what they've given us that's kind of been staccatoed and, and alternating and kind of hit and miss. And you used to, you know, paint splattered on a canvas kind of thing. You kind of reorganized it to really kind of lean into that. I think.
1: I did. And I, I could see if it was rearranged this way, somebody saying, man, you know, <laughs> when I, when I'm, when I'm really just out of it and I'm feeling down, I put on riot act and I just flip it over to site <laughs> B and just, just, just kind of wallow, you know? And, and, <laughs> Yeah, I I, I kind of thought that was that was cool in that respect. That that musically there was that place that ultimately you could just wallow in that misery with the band, and and that's okay. Sometimes you need to do that. It's it's human, quite frankly.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I've said it many times in this podcast. I think I might have said it last week where you. I don't think you can truly appreciate the highs unless you also experience the lows. Yeah, and that and that holds true for the catalog too. So you kind of almost have to have this. To kind of balance the happier albums of the albums that offer some hope yeah um you know so run run me through your order one more time okay so we open with arc followed by crop duster you
1: are love boat captain then down save you and undone we get uh can't keep i am mine green disease Ghost, Help, Help, Half Full, Thummy My Way, Other Side, and All or None. I left off. It is a long album. It is a long album. How many tracks is that? I think it's, let's see. uh, Is that that more than 15? Well, we have Ark, Crop Duster, You Are, and Love Boat Captain, and Down. So that's the end of Act One. And that's One, Two, Three, Four, and Five. And Uh then Save You, Undone, Can't Keep, and I Am Mine. That's the end of Act Two. So then you got nine. That's up to nine. And then uh, green disease that alienation creeps in, followed mm-hmm. by ghost help help half full thumbing my way other side all or none sixteen songs sixteen songs so it's I, I think this double, if double uh, album I think this this could easily be that double album which is strange to say I mean right? it's you know we talked about binaural in that respect but I could theoretically see an album like this serving as that and. If it was just a few tracks shy, then I would probably uh believe it or not, I would add in longing to belong," which was recorded during these sessions later mm-hmm. showed up on Eddie's Uke album and uh and perhaps better days as well. but I would still leave off Bush leaguer and get right just because of uh, the thematic struggle I had placing those two okay yeah.
0: well, that was interesting. i I like the how you went I like that you told me that you had told us that you had six different versions and this is the one you went with. And I find this version very intriguing because you did lean into the negativity. You found the ax and then just went, you know, you went up and you went across and then you went. Yeah. Down.
1: And who knows? I mean, a month from now, if we did this exact exercise again, maybe I, I, I go with one of the other six, but uh, for now, I just thought that this was an interesting exercise and this is the one I wanted to present.
0: So what I do, and maybe you're the same way is I, will go through and listen to the whole thing and then I'll go back and rearrange things. And, um, I, I make a playlist in my Apple music or iTunes or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, and I keep those. So I have them all. So I go back to them every once in a while and just see how I feel about it. So I'm curious to see if I ask you again in a month's time, if you still feel the same.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. My turn. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, considering you had six, right? Okay. So I, I did not have six. Um, I generally come into these kind of, I don't try and think about it. I try and just feel it okay. and just feel it out and kind of just start placing things where I think they're going to go. And then I'll, I'll start making some, I start writing my notes as I'm listening to the song and I go, okay, well, you know, it actually that makes more sense over here. And I'll start like just changing them on the fly. What I came up with, uh, I think this, and you you alluded to this, so I'm glad that we're on the same page in this regard. I think this is a conversation this album between two people. Okay. One person is on the edge. The other loves them unconditionally, even though the first person doesn't value that love because they don't value themselves. Copy. And for me, that's the theme of this record. It's this struggle, a relationship of of confidence and acceptance. So, I know it's against the backdrop of 9/11 and Ross Guild and and more um, macro items with you know the the American government and yada yada, yada mm-hmm. war and all that shit. Um, uh, but when you listen to these songs, I can hear a, a personal quality in them. I can hear and feel this conversation happening. So I went with that. I just I just gut reaction went with it. I like so it. initially, I agreed with you. I went with ARC first. Mm. But as I started going through the other songs, I said, mm, you know what, we're talking about acts. This belongs a little bit lower down the table. So I'm going to stick with Can't Keep as the opener. It's almost like a prologue for me. Okay. It's um, it's an illusion of what's to come. The battle between self-preservation and accepting premature mortality is on. And I think this song really sets the tone for the struggle this record espouses. It's almost, it's almost a spoiler of what's to come, but you can't be too sure... Uh, as the listener so why would the subject give away their end game in track one right so we go from there into you are the lover of the relationship is declaring how much the other person means to them we all know the story we all know the song it's a positive start after the initial prologue to the record you can't keep uh the song this song's nearly this song nearly wipes uh, away the bad taste left in your mouth from that first strike, but it's foreshadowing the struggle ahead for me. And one person may be the ocean and the other the shore, but that doesn't mean they w- find common ground. So from you are, I'm going into ghost. Ah. The conversation switches back to the first person Everything is negative to them. Even the TV is lying to them. It's all fucked. You know, this character is seeing the negativity in the world, seeing example after example of humanity, looking to con itself. And this person is not here for that. It's sickening. It's depressing to them, man. It's it's the superficial but powerful reason why they're giving up. They're telling us, the listeners, that they can't take it, that they're going to do something about it, and it's not good. And I'm going to quote these lyrics here. It doesn't hurt when I bleed, but memories, they eat me. I've seen it all before. Bring it on, because I'm no victim. Um, I'm gonna go from there, back to person B with "I am mine." On the opposite side of the coin, person B is trying to show personal strength through example. They figure surely, if they're vulnerable and showcase how they too have felt hard done by life, but have found inner strength, regardless that they may be enough to save their, that that may be enough to save the friend. Uh, acknowledgment of hard times acceptance and even agreement that there are unfair consequences to actions should be something worth bonding over this person thinks surely empathy is the way to person a leaving the darkness and accepting the love being offered show them a prime example of finding inner strength and in realizing one's value nothing is more powerful than a personal example right well person b i'm sorry person a doesn't exactly see this thing see life the same way So we go into half full, person A is starting to lose it. Everything person B has tried to steer person uh, A back toward love, back toward humanity. You know, that there is, it's good in this world is failing. All that's good is failing to them. All person B, I'm sorry, all person A sees is greed, selfishness, men who do whatever to enrich themselves at the expense of others. It's almost a drunken stupid, this, this song, the way the music kind of ambles along through uneven solos and Ed slurring his words. You know, person A is just over it. Uh, he's over people, you know, who's gonna save the world? It's pretty much a rhetorical question because they think it's fucked. Back to person B, save you. At this point, person B is sick of it. They've tried every clever way to convince person A that they're loved. Uh, that they have worth. And it's starting to become pretty, uh, pretty frustrating. They've become so frustrated, it's just coming out directly now. The last-ditch effort to tell Person A in no uncertain terms that they love them. And that, uh, I'm sorry, Person B, and that Person A can do only so much to help them, to show them they are worth their love. And it's a frustrating endeavor. The energy, aggression, and strain and delivery cements these sentiments. And if you truly want to help, you'll let me help you. Otherwise, you're just looking to complain to yourself. Do you really want to accept the love I I and others are offering you? Or do you want to truly live in your own misery? And the ending of this song underlines all of this to me. This is person B's last chance. Well, nope. All or none. Nice. So I should say person A. I'm confusing my person. You get it. The the original character, the, the negative character. We'll call him person A. Person A is gone. No matter the outcries from person B, they are too far gone. This, you know, the love letter to the world of what it should be to them. They simply want to point out how the world failed them. Almost a pity party, actually. They've convinced themselves that even those who mean well are not truly out to help them, that it's a ruse or something. You know, the line, surrendering to the one I'll never please. Wow, what a lyric. Despondency is an understatement. They are just gone, man. And they've given into a binary world for them, and it's zero. So we go to Ark. Simply put, this is what Ed was going for. It's a tribute. It's a eulogy. It's a symbol of those we've lost. And within this context, person A has chosen to move on to another plane. They couldn't be saved, and it's a shame. And person B is left to pick up the pieces. And so we move from Ark into I guess the other half of this so the next act of this story and that's other side so the immediate acknowledgement that their compliment not compliment compliment is gone it's a visceral reaction of pure sadness can't find my wheels your absence is what breeds this fear The great lines this is what happens when someone important to us passes on it's such a powerful sadness it's real it's immediate it's sudden even if you could see it coming you know, person B is in the middle of trying to figure out what kind of grief they're in. There's longing, wishing, hoping, praying, yearning. It's all fruitless. This is the new reality. So we go from there into thumbing my way. Still extraordinarily sad, but person B knows they have to move on, counting the steps backward, as the song says, as they make their way back. They call it heaven in the song, but it's just a euphemism. Anything away from the hell they've been living in with person A seems like heaven, right? It's difficult, though. The way back, considering person B gave everything to person A, the the key to their heart is with them, and it feels like no one else could possibly understand or know how to unlock it. But life must go on. Person B must find a way, and uh, and at least they know that that's half the battle. You know, the the, the lyrics here, uh, no matter how cold the winter, there's a springtime ahead pretty obvious, pretty direct, but if you can't find the positives, you'll probably end up like person A, and person B knows how bad it feels to watch that happen. The emotional version of faking it till you make it, like (laughs) you've got to bite down and force yourself through the sadness, the darkness, to even approach the light back to quote heaven. And from there we go into crop duster, you know. The search back to finding inner strength and the ability to love again means you need to acknowledge the struggles within life beyond what's right in front of your face. You can stabilize yourself within your own bubble, but now you gotta go out and face the rest of the world. And once person B finds the balance amongst the world, they're ready to truly find love for themselves and others as well. Which leads us into Love Boat Captain. Person B has found the strength now. Others that love him have shown or her have shown them the love that they tried to show person A, but it has helped him or her overcome. They realize that. Love is really the answer. It may have been a futile effort for person A, but it's worth trying. It's always worth trying. Life is complex. The the lines, it's an art to live with pain, mixing light with the gray. Person B knows this all too well, but has found some peace. You can feel guilt, regret, whatever. It's all valid, but you can't let it take you over because, you know, if you love that person, that's all you really can do. And hold someone, make it the truth, because... That's all you can do, and you have to trust that they'll feel it too. And that ends this ends the album with down. I'm going to go the opposite route to you. I'm going to end up. We're yeah, starting back up.
1: I like it. I a love the dichotomy sadness. here between our two yeah.
0: takes. <laughs> here we go. A crushing sadness forced person B to confront some demons to find a personal crossroads. Do they let the sadness take the wheel, or will they will they let the you know love steer the boat toward happiness? Well, they've chosen the latter, and while they will never forget where they came from, they know choosing love makes them strong and a strong person is a confident one. And they will not let the light escape them. They will not let the darkness swallow them. They will not stay down. They will rise, my friend. And that's where we end the album on the upswing. Uh, After this just horrible back and forth, this this struggle, because we we realize this album is a struggle. And I felt if I could kind of use the songs to um, basically personify the songs in a way you could really tell that back and forth yeah. and then find the really negative moment between all or none and arc and other side, which we're bringing out from the, from the depths from the B sides. Right. And I'm bringing that thing in and, and person B is going to find, them. you got to find themselves. You got to have an uptick. You got to have a happy ending. Um, no, you so don't. for <laughs> me, there, for, for me, there was resolve. I love I'm it. Like, unlike like, yeah. I'm for you. But that's where I went with that. Um, and I I did leave off uh scrolling back up. Green Bush disease, Laker, get right, get right, help help, and bushliger. Okay. Um Green Disease and Get Right, I really do like. They just did not fit in this theme for me. I almost actually didn't have crop duster in there and I was like, you know what? I gotta go beyond the micro. I gotta I gotta include the macro in this story. Yeah. Um so that seemed to fit really well between thumbing my way and love book Happens. So one more time, I'll give it to you here. Yeah. Can't keep, you are, ghost, I am mine, half full, save you, all or none, bark, other side, thumbing my way, crop duster, love boat captain, and down.
1: Fantastic. Well, I have to say, I, I my favorite part about this exercise is how diametrically different both of us went about this. And, and I think the, often
0: we're, we're very different. I, yes,
1: but the fact that our two takes represented what ultimately amounts to polar opposites, I thought it was fantastic, and <laughs> uh, that that that's wonderful. So I, it's it's that struggle, and I think this album, and you said it best it it was really a struggle for a lot of Pearl Jam fans. Um, yeah, yeah for, I didn't for like it too. in the beginning. Nor did I. It was an album that disappointed me when I first listened to it. But I, I will say that over the years, I've grown to appreciate it more and more and more. And it it's now an album that I I really like the. The constant tug of war, the, the push in the pool that's represented within the album and the representation of struggle. And I think that because it was manifested in the form of a record that's not as accessible musically mm-hmm. as Pearl Jam's earlier music, what a perfect metaphor for that. What a perfect uh, representation yeah. of, of those greater ideas, themes, and motifs. So, on that note, I mean, I suppose that just further supports why I think this album would actually be successful as a double album. Uh, I I could very easily see a lot of people listening to this saying, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) as if what we got wasn't enough of that, you want a double album? Well, to be,
0: (laughs) I mean, Better Days would actually be great at the end of my album.
1: Yes, it would. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's just so much happening there that uh, in a lot of ways it is... um, it, it's kind of an art record, I think, to some degree. There, there, oh, it's a hundred
0: percent art there's record. Some,
1: there's some really fascinating things happening on it, and uh, I, I encourage everybody listening to a share how you would retract the album because mm-hmm. obviously you and I are certainly not presenting definitive takes here. Uh, but also, no, we are. <laughs> but also, I would love it if if folks just kind of gave what we presented a try. Uh, you know may, maybe in the in the podcast uh, liner notes we'll, we'll we'll put those in or uh, on social media we'll just post our, our two orders and uh, yeah and, 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 and let us know what you those. think did, did, did the album feel like a different experience for you listening to it because i can tell you that uh, when i it and i listened to the album in those ways with these ideas in mind i felt like I was hearing it in a different way for the first time and, and mm. just listening to the way you very beautifully and eloquently described this very different journey through riot act i would love to go listen to it with those narratives in mind as well and i can't fathom how somebody doesn't acquire an even greater appreciation for the record simply because it's just a new story that's being told with, with familiar sounds. And, you know, they say that that there's no such thing as an original story. It's just the same story told over and over again in a different way. That's mm-hmm. okay, you know? So this this was a fun exercise. A heck of a lot harder, believe it or not, for me than binaural. And that was when I was very passionate about Retrack.
0: Yes, you were. Yes, you were. I, I think um, I probably most enjoyed this one just because I, I f- once I found my groove, I was like, ooh, yes, totally. And because it's a, it's an album that I probably have in my bottom third of as do um, I record, which again, as we all know is doesn't mean that we think it sucks and no. we just don't like it as much as other ones. Um, and I think that gave me more license on the inside to say to, to fuck with it. And the same thing kind of holds true to a lesser degree to avocado. I felt similar with avocado and how I, I had an idea and it all of a sudden just kind of flowed out right. and this was even more so. So um it, this is always a very interesting exercise. And, and as you said, uh, guys, I would really love to hear back from you. Uh, what do you think of Paul's? What do you think of mine? Um, obviously there is no right or wrong answer. And I'd love to know what yours would be oh, for sure. uh, and why, and why? Because H- it's a half conversation. the fun of this
1: was listening to your take.
0: And, and, and I, mean, I, I, so. I had
1: six of my own, and, but none of them were remotely close to what you presented, which I thought was fantastic. I love the fact that I've racked my brain over this, and it led me down six different, different paths. Yet you presented one to me that I hadn't even thought of. I, I thought it was I gave fantastic. You number seven. There you go.
0: <laughs> All right, gang. Um, we've done a number of these now. I think we've done almost half the catalog. What have uh, we done? We've done lightning bolt. We've uh, done by neural. We do vitology. No, I, we may have done Yield. I think we did Yield. Mm. So we've basically done, I think, five albums. Okay. We have not touched the first four. Sacrilege. <laughs> we've not t- I mean, I know we're, ha- we're kind of hanging back. We're, we're at the point now where what's left, I think, is Backspacer and then No Code vitality versus Intent. Now, Let's I know, just do uh, 10 and
1: piss people off.
0: Well, we're going to do all of that. Of course. That's without, that's without question. The the real question though is, do we do it next month for 30th anniversary? I mean, August might just be a 10 month. Well, we, we don't know yet. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it could be a good idea. Yeah,
1: I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, we'll
0: get there. We'll tease it. We'll tease it. We'll tease Maybe it's too close to this one. Anyways, guys. Um. Anyway, anyways, ways, guys. Wow, I'm losing my mind. Anyway, guys, Uh, please, uh, like I said, uh, chime in look forward to hearing from you and now it's time to get to our lyric of the week and this week's lyric of the week comes from rod act of course and it comes from all or none Is the leading me back Okay, hey, Paul, all or none, we we kind of tease how we feel about this song in the context of our themed record here in our retracking, but let's dive a little deeper with these lyrics. What do you got?
1: Well, this song to me, specifically the lyrics that you chose, you have a subject who, and I thought this was definitely present in, in the retracking that I offered tonight, it's this, this battle back and forth, you're just going in a circle.'re <laughs> you just fighting these same skirmishes and battles over and over and over again. And it, it does generate a sense of hopelessness, you know, a, a life devoid of, of meaning after a very existential questioning of what meaning could lie within that struggle. And ultimately, I, I keep coming back to the, these last couple of lines here. Uh, I, I still try to run on but it's all or none. And it's just highlighting the stakes here. And a lot of folks will say this is one of the more depressing songs in the Pearl drum catalog. It is. It is. And that's fair. But I mean, this album on so many levels, especially a song like this, there's a personal nature to it. And you highlighted that lyric earlier, uh, this idea that to myself, I surrender to the one I'll never please who among us is truly self-satisfied? I, I, I'll be the first to admit I'm not. Um, Don't
0: ask those kind of questions. I'm, I'm very fragile right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you, you know, you, you, you look at a situation like this and I can't help but feel as though the album doesn't, you know, I talked about it as a descent into despair, but this song to me, it does end ambiguously. I still try to run on, but it's all or none, all or none. And, and we don't really know. Okay, fine, you're running on, but there's no is it real resolute or is it ending. You know, exactly. And so even though I described it as this descent into despair, to me, it's an unfinished product. There's an answer there that's not truly given. Which is also very scary. Which is scary, but I love the idea of ending on that note. Kind of like, God, you know, it's almost like the, I don't want to spoil the end of Sopranos for anybody, but, you know, for those of you who've seen the end of Sopranos, it, there is an ambiguity there and it, it feels like that. You know what I mean? And, and that's okay to end an album that way. You know what I mean? That, that To me, that's not depressing. It's just saying, hey, we're catching up to somebody at this lowest possible point. And we don't know, does that person find a way out or not? What we do know is the person is trying to run on. Mm. And, it's, it, and that, to me, gives you that little glimmer of hope that makes it acceptable to end on this note. And uh, I feel as though this is the type of, of song and a set of lyrics that when you, when you really examine them, it's not a song about hopelessness. It's it's a song about a hopeless situation, which is an actual line from the song. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a realization. And, and this is how the song opens. I'm starting to believe that this hopeless situation is what I'm trying to achieve. It's this realization of am I doing this to myself? But I, I still got I still try to run on, you know. It, it, again, it's just a song about questions. And then that produce answers that only raise more questions, which to me is indicative of the entire album. So it's a great album closer, and I think it perfectly captures what life is actually like when you're going through a difficult time, because nobody wants to just be utterly hopeless. But you just can't help but find that for every time you ask a question and feel like it's about to generate an answer, the more you probe and investigate and put in the work, it just leads you to more questions. And it's that lack of clarity that generates that feeling of hopelessness. So nobody likes the unknown, right?
0: Um, Nobody. People are scared that which they don't understand. When you don't know something, you try your best to find the answer. And if not, find it, create one. Um, I would argue that's how religion began, but hey, it's a whole other topic. (laughs) Um, Diving back into this. I think um, you, you're totally right. And I think I'm going to basically describe uh, um, a point of view that's similar, maybe the flip side of the coin. Um, I think we as humans can't help but engage the battles that we've lost before because I think we're proud and we're stubborn and uh, some less than others. But I think it's a human trait to really hate losing, Oh, for sure. to hate to hate to let someone down to hate, to think we failed. And I think this all applies doubly to love. You know, we fall in love. We want it when we don't have it. We want it back. It's, it's really the only thing we ever not stop hunting for. I think I did that double negative there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not an English major like you. Uh, This is because it's the one thing that truly motivates humans. Well, the good intentioned ones, anyways. And I think the the vast majority of us, this is what we want: not riches or fame. We want the feeling that love brings us, or what you know, what what the feeling that love brings us, and what brings it out of us. It's all or none. It's all or none. And you can't be half in because if you feel that way, then you're not in it at all. That's how love and relationships work. You gotta be all in, right? And if we aren't in love anymore, we feel like we fail on some level we have this pull to find it again. We can't avoid it. You know, we're all, we're all running on in life, but you know, we're always reminded that love is the thing that will give us peace. We, if we've tasted it before, we know with even more certainty. So you talked about the little uptick of hope at the end, yeah. but it's all or nothing. I still try to run on. So for me, it's like, Hey, at the very least, having the humility to know it is what we need is a start. And I think that's what this, this subject is, is talking about when they talk about, I still try to run on because they know that they have to push on and and fight for that because they've tasted it before. And it's like, that's what else is there? I got to try. Got to go in. So I think, I think you're right. I think it does end in a positive. note. Um, hopeful, at least hopeful amidst a
1: hopeless situation.
0: There you go. That's better put. There you go. I like that. Let's check out the best live version of this song in our live cut of the week. Ready
1: to stand up!
0: Paul, where are we going?
1: We're going to Osaka, Japan, March 4th. Mm. March 4th, 2003. March Mm fourth. March fourth, my friend, is my birthday. In two thousand and three is when I graduated college. Why does that matter? To the average listener, it does not.
0: (laughs) You you graduated (laughs) college in March?
1: No, I graduated college in 03. But uh none of that's relevant to anyone else listening to it, but for me great story. Yeah, exactly. But for me, at that particular (laughs) point in time, I, I remember feeling like I had more questions than answers. Mostly because, oh yeah, uh, it, it, just a little background, and I don't want to go off off, off uh, on a tangent too much. I'm going to keep this very very brief. Uh, I went in with a desire to be a writer. Was an English major with an emphasis in creative writing. Actually, became the editor in chief of our school's literary journal, and I was sitting in my. I actually had an office. Mm, as the editor cool. i'm sitting in my office which was
0: did you have a tweed jacket with
1: other patches <laughs> in the office? i'm sitting in my office and i'm you thinking to myself ah, i did not have a tweed jacket but uh, i i wanted a corduroy one for obvious reasons okay okay i'm sitting in my office and i'm thinking to myself well wait a minute i'm about to graduate college with a degree in english with an emphasis in creative writing what the heck am I going to do? With this? Mm-hmm. I mean, I had friends that were going, you know, that various, I that's a school. parents, I, like parents it, are freaking a nightmare. Like, what I mean, are you going to do with that? It, exactly. And so I, I just, it, my ability to maintain tunnel vision through the first three and a half years of college, apparently unparalleled because this suddenly hit me <laughs> second semester uh, at the end of my senior year of college. And it was that feeling of, I, I literally am about to end A tenure of my life with more questions than answers. And I thought that was how high school was supposed to end. And this was supposed to provide me with a sense of direction and clarity, and it didn't.
0: But they're better questions, Paul.
1: Maybe so. That's what a lovely take, Jason. Yes. So perhaps I ended up asking just better questions than the ones that I had before. Uh, Ultimately, I thought that was a, a perfect articulation of what so much of this album and the song is about, which is just, you know, this feeling of hopelessness, but at the same time, realizing that. Uh, you know, through these questions came answers that only generated more questions. And if that's not a a reflection of what actual human existence and the human condition is about, I don't know what it is. Now, why March 4th, Osaka? Well, first of all, uh, the Japan boots, for those who may not be aware, are utterly pristine. They are beautiful. They're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. The sound quality is outstanding. And I thought that this version truly capture the intimacy, the personal alienation and intimacy of that struggle so very, very well. And you need the silence. You need the the the, the feeling of, and, and this is what I love about this, this particular version. It ultimately feels like you're in a small, um, I don't want to say like a dingy club because it doesn't have that feel to it, but it, it, it is like a small empty room is what it feels like to me and it just captures that feeling so well and 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 that that's absent on all the other versions of it that i have so great version one of the best the best to me let's go to osaka
0: all right osaka japan march 4th 2003
1: and I'm starting to believe
0: that this hopeless situation
1: is what I'm trying to achieve
0: and I try Selfless confession,
1: leading me back.
0: You said it before about Japan shows. Um, there's something about the Jap- Japanese audience. I don't know if it's just the fact that they're very um, polite people, but they and they give rousing, you know, applause and they have a great time. But like when the song is happening, especially these these more intimate songs, yeah, they're not yelling. They to, we love you, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, they just they just listen intently, and you get that effect. Now, where they played the. Kosainenkin Kaikan, I think it's pronounced. Uh, I would imagine it's not a very small venue as they don't go to Japan very often. So they probably play a fairly large venue. Um, and yet here you go. And you get this really intimate sounding song. It was a little bit slower, more of a churning rendition for me. Um, I found it interesting that you chose this, considering Ed fucks up the lyrics a couple of different times.
1: That's what I liked. Again, more questions than answers. It was almost, <laughs> it, 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 there was something about f- just getting lost. And, and, and mm. I thought that was a perfect reflection of that. It's just, and I know that sounds bizarre. Like, How could the best version of a song be one that, that's, that, that has anybody screwing anything up? Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's the best live version. If you want a pristine, clear, mistake-free studio, then listen to the studio. There's something about yeah. the live song where sometimes a mistake is actually a manifestation of a motif or theme within the track. And so to me, it just worked out really, really well. Uh, this is, by the way, this, this particular uh, venue, they are uh, public halls, apparently, in Japan. Oh. Kosi Nenkin Kaikan.
0: I think it's sounds it's pronounced. I don't know. I'm
1: sure. I'm, but but there are um, public halls in Japan supported by welfare pension funds.
0: Fun facts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also, the, there's a very cool, very nice, subtle call and response between Ed and Mike before Mike's second solo. That was kind of cool. Um, I love the little feedback swells from Mike at the end of his final solo. Uh, and then the band just kind of drifts into the encore break which is really cool like stone's acoustic guitar and boom's piano kind of dancing around each other it's just very lovely and then this at the very end very end as they head into the encore break this demure but sincere don't to get okay. them to the break okay. can, I, can, I, just, share, can it, I share can i share something fantastic. with you go for it
1: this particular hall is now known as the oryx theater it seats twenty four hundred people. It's a concert hall in
0: Osaka. Oh, so it is kind of small. Yes, it is twenty four hundred people. Can you imagine going to a twenty four hundred? Oh man! No, it, it oh, so, opened oh. in nineteen sixty eight, and it
1: has it has housed Black Sabbath, Kiss, Pink Floyd, Deep Purple, Robin Trower, Queen, Santana, The Jackson Five, James Brown, Iron Maiden, and obviously Pearl Jam, and many many but, more prestigious. Acts. Any any big bands? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> jesus christ can you imagine anybody who who saw pearl jam in 2006 at the honda uh or the honda the fonda theater in hollywood probably has a general idea because that's about a 500 person venue oh. um i can't imagine seeing that band in a small venue like that so if you have please let us know there you go gang fun episode i always enjoy the retracting episodes um, they they pull something out of us that I think we hadn't really thought of before, or at least hadn't uh, organized in our brains before onto uh, digital paper in front of us. So um, we hope you liked it. Uh, please give us a a review and rate us, and you know go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Also get on the socials: State of Love and Trust underscore Pod on Instagram, uh, State of Love and Trust on Facebook. Tons of conversations with many of you already, and uh, and yeah, anything else, Paul? Did you catch Black Circles Unplugged? Black Circles Unplugged was fantastic. I <laughs> read it that was real fast. Can yeah, I yeah it? Well, real fast? read it and then I have a couple of quick comments. Corduroy breath pages unthought known divide penguins and butterflies present tense drive home in the rain all or none of the light quick escape. Never thought I would. Low White Ceiling, Autumn Theory, Disarray, I Believe in Miracles. And then they basically just did the actual MTV Unplugged, Pearl Jam, Oceans, State of Love and Trust, Alive, Black, Jeremy, Porch, Flow. Rocket in the Free World. What a show. Guys, you killed it. And uh, I really, really enjoyed
1: hearing what Quick Escape would sound like Unplugged. I thought it was such a very interesting and cool experience. So if it, those of you listening want to hear something interesting go to black circles youtube page check that out uh my other comment was about the the rep, replicating the recreation of uh, pearl jam's original unplugged set list and, and i thought that was also really cool it's a nice nice nod
0: excellent we love those guys uh we'll probably talk to them soon there's there's plenty coming up that we could talk to those guys about again about and uh you know what Until we do, and until next week, we have another fantastic episode for you. I assure you, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust.